We've had a great start to 2020 in this church. It just seems like there is so much excitement and expectancy in all of our hearts in terms of what God is doing and what we feel God is wanting to do. And it also seems that there's a real authentic desire within people's hearts to want to draw closer to God and to want to have a deeper walk with him, which is incredible. Now, with all of that said, if you're maybe here today and you're not feeling that sense of excitement or expectancy or you're not necessarily feeling that hunger, and there could be lots of reasons for that, we don't want you, as we're praying earlier, to feel disqualified from every, anything here today because what we're believing God for is for each and every one of us. And we encourage you to be open to what he wants to say. You're not disqualified, especially on the basis of what you feel. God is moving. And we believe, as, as Pastor Tommy said last Sunday night, we believe that is in the now. And we also believe that, that God, God's wanting to do some really significant things in this fellowship and around this land in, in the future. But it's possible to miss it. It's possible for us to miss it, which is why over the, the past few weeks we have been hearing some of the most powerful sermons about how we need to adopt a posture of openness and responsiveness in our lives to God, to what he is saying, and also to his presence, which is always with us. I feel that these words of adopting these postures before God come to us in a prophetic sense. They speak to our now, but there's this prophetic sense that they're going to be hugely significant to us as a church as we move forward. And in a wonderful way, we believe God wants to move in everybody's life, everybody's life. It's no coincidence what we're experiencing here came out of a week of prayer. <laughs> the catalyst for, for much of what we're experiencing came out of a, a week of prayer where individually and corporately we made space. We found space in our lives to seek God in a wonderful way. And that week, and what has happened since of it, we believe is, is God and evidence of this is, is seen in how the week wasn't just a, a box ticking exercise. That was a good thing to do, important thing to pray together as a church. But from it has come this, this passion and this desire in people's hearts to continue to seek after God, a greater desire for him, which is why to encourage that posture of, of openness and responsiveness, we're making the first Wednesday midweek service of every month, a time when we can come together to seek God, to praise him, to, to pray and, 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 and to seek his face in a very powerful way. And we're encouraging you to continue to come to those special evenings. Nobody will be put under pressure to pray out loud. It's a time to seek God together, especially if you're not feeling that desire. That actually for you, you could take the step of faith and you could posture yourself in a place of openness in, in those, today in those meetings in every way that you can so that you can encounter God because he's a God who wants to meet with us. We're convinced of that. And we are so encouraged 
with what God is doing in our gathered meetings. It's also been amazing to be challenged by the, the verse that, that Pastor Malcolm has feel has been, has been laid upon his heart for us as a fellowship this year. And we're going to read it together. Incidentally, it's also a verse that, that came out of the place of prayer. And I, and I want us to read that prayer uh, now of Paul. It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 to 21, but we're going to start reading from verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll start reading at verse 20, or sorry, verse 14. This is the inspired and the authoritative word of God. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened through might in our inner man by his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and and grounded in him and in love may be able to comprehend with all of the saints what is the width, the height, the depth and the length to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Wow. Wow that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more or exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or think according to the power at work in us, to him be glory in the church through Christ Jesus to all generations, both now and forevermore. Amen. I know God will add his blessing to that wonderful reading from his word to our hearts. Incredible prayer. The Apostle Paul was a, a fantastic man and many of his New Testament letters were, were structured in this way where, where the first part of the letter would reveal the most incredible theology and the second part of his letter would reveal how we live that theology out, which is really important because theology should impact the way in which we live. Uh, but here we actually find that theology should also impact our praising of God. Again, when you read through Paul's letters in the New Testament, you'll see often when you're reading through in these little doxologies or these little outbursts of of praise as he's just caught up in the, the majesty of what he's writing and he just can't help himself. He just bursts into, into praise before God. Theology should impact our praise. And here's sandwiched in between this usual structure of Paul in his letters of revealing incredible truth in Ephesians about redemption, adoption, uh, grace, and, and so much more. And then how we live all of that out. Sandwiched in between it is this outstanding prayer And this doxology, which is our verse for the year, the theology, the study of God should impact and become our doxology, our praise of God. And that's true here every Sunday in church. Often you'll find that the sung worship that we give after a sermon has been preached and the word of God has been brought to us is stronger than it can be sometimes before. Not always, but more often than not. 
than what it is before the Word of God because theology impacts our doxology and doxology should impact our lives and the way they're changed. But what a verse for you and for me to meditate upon this year. And to do that with this posture of openness and a posture of responsiveness to God, what does the verse mean for us? What does it look like in our gathered setting together? What does this verse look like and and mean for our organizations? Because it's massively important that the vision of this church permeates into every area and, and every aspect of it. As the director of ministry in this church, I really am going to ask all of the organizational leaders in this church, what does that verse mean for the BB, for the GB, for Arrows, for Evergreens, for Generation X? What does that verse actually mean? What does it look like in the context of your organization? Because it carries so much inspiration for, for faith. But what I want to do this morning is ask you as an individual, what does this verse look like or mean for you in a scattered sense? Yes, in our gatherings, yes, in our organizations, but what does it look like for you in a scattered sense? And it's a very important question to ask what does adopting a posture of openness and responsiveness before God mean for you in your workplace or in your marriage or in your, in your family life or, or when you're with your, your friends? What does it mean? Because what we're believing for in this church, friends, it's not just limited to the few hours we have together here on a, on a Sunday. It's something that should radically transform our whole lives. And there are are two aspects of church life that are, are fundamentally important for us if we are to reach our full potential in God. One is our gathered setting, and two is our scattered life, our scattered settings throughout the week. Often, we'll not have much problem understanding the, the significance of our gathered settings, but sometimes in our lives we can forget the significance of our scattered setting. And the fundamental importance of it to us as a church to reach our full potential. Partly that can be because we can see church as something we come to. Rather than church being something that we are. And being something that we are all of the time. You and I were disciples. We are people who follow Jesus. And every Sunday we'll gather here for worship. We'll gather here to be built up in his word and and fed from the word of God so that we in our gathered settings can live for him and we can be released into the mission that God has for us as a church. We're not just disciples here on a Sunday morning. We're disciples 24-7. And that's been God's plan from the outset. Do you remember in, in... in, Gen- or in Matthew 28, God said, go into all the world and make disciples. Acts 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit falls upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This has always been God's purpose. So whilst our gathering here is incredibly significant, mission is not only what happens here on a Sunday morning, 
or on a Sunday evening. It's not just something that the pastors do. It's something that all of us need to do. And understanding gathered and scattered is enormously significant for us as a church. We've just finished studying the the Sermon of Stephen in Acts chapter 7, which resulted in his martyrdom. And if you go into Acts chapter 8, you'll read how following his martyrdom, severe persecution spread across the church. And what happened was the result of that was that the church became scattered. It became scattered, but the devil made a fundamental mistake. Because what he planned for evil through the persecution of the church, God turned for good. Because the scattered church then was part of the fulfilling of his purposes to take the gospel to the very ends of the earth. So instead of the devil extinguishing the church, the church spread like wildfire. And throughout history, we can actually see that that is a regular pattern. Because the more evil tries to press down on Christianity, the more the church grows. The gathered community was scattered, and that's still God's purpose for us today. And the quality of our gathering will often impact the effectiveness of our scattering. Now, instantly some people here today might start to think about the people who lead platform ministry and how they have the responsibility to make the quality of our gatherings incredible. And I can honestly tell you, knowing everybody who leads from the front of this church, we all feel the weight of responsibility that comes with that to do our very best. But... And there's a big but here. Much of the quality of our gatherings that we have together lies with you. The quality of them lies with you and lies with me. If we come to church to spectate and then just leave, the quality of our gathering will impact the power and effectiveness of our scattering. It's going to be fairly nominal. But if every single one of us listens to the word of God and and the messages that have been coming to us and we come into this service, no matter what our circumstances are, with this posture of openness and this posture of responsiveness before God and a desire to want to meet with him, I can tell you we will encounter God because he's promised us that those who draw near to me, I will draw near To them, and he is a God who keeps his promises. That encounter can look different in in, in different ways and, and different Sundays here. But if we can come with that posture every week, then that quality, the quality of that gathering will impact the quality of our scattering in terms of how from that encounter we go to mission and we go to be the disciples that God wants us to be 24-7. We will be the most effective church that we possibly can be when we realize how God, and I've said this to you before, how God wants us to see our numbers grow by those who are being saved every day because you're leading people to Jesus in your workplace. You're leading people to Jesus in your families. You're leading people to Jesus in your neighborhoods because that's the mission. 
It doesn't make strategic sense to say that evangelism is what the pastors do here on a Sunday. Because you'll meet people every week that, that we'll never meet. It doesn't make strategic sense. What makes sense is that we all need to go and be the light that we have been singing about throughout this whole service. You and I, we're as much church on a Tuesday morning as we are on a Sunday And if we can adopt a posture before this God who is able, when we are scattered, we will then be those lights. We will be those lights who fill up our homes, who fill up our workplaces, who fill up our cities, who fill up this country with the power, the presence, the light, and the hope of Jesus Christ. What a vision. But it comes when we catch the significance of our scattered setting. Surely, friends, revival was never meant to be confined to a series of meetings in a church building. Our gathered setting is fundamentally important in forming, shaping, supporting, and encouraging our discipleship here when we're together, but also in our scattered settings. He doesn't want to just occupy our Sundays, friends. God wants to transform our full lives and the environment we live in but that reality of what was shared last week from this platform of carrying an attitude of his presence with us even if we cannot feel his presence to know to know that we know that we know God is with us when we're in our workplaces or schools or universities or wherever we find ourselves to know that he's with us transforms everything because it affects the conversations we will want to have or not have with people, because we'll all be about his honour. It'll affect our attitudes towards our work, because we're all about worshipping him through our work. He's with us, so we want to give our very best. We don't just want to clock in and clock out at the end of the day. We want to give our very best and honour him in that. And I know that the different workplaces bring different challenges and that for some people to make a stand for Jesus Christ will bring opposition. But what I do know is that when we adopt a posture of openness before God, every day he will speak to us and he will use us. He's immeasurably more able to do above and beyond what we can ask or imagine. There's no burden that God cannot lift. There's no enemy that he cannot defeat. There's no door that he cannot open. There's no sin that he cannot forgive. He is able. He is able. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. What does it look like to adopt that posture of openness before him every day? And what I want to do over the next few minutes by way of encouraging us to dream about what this posture of openness can look like is to tell you a little story from my journey in a secular workplace of how I found that when I opened my heart to God, he used me. Now, please don't take me wrong because there's plenty of times I got things wrong in my workplace many, many times but I just want to tell you of an experience I had that might help you to dream. And then we're going to take a bit of time to close our eyes and pray 
and ask God to speak to us and how he can use us in this upcoming week. Whenever I, I finished Bible college, Crown Jesus wasn't ready to start. Some of you are very new to the church. That was an organization that I used to work for. And I needed to find a job. So I got a job working in Bird's Chemist in their, their warehouse. Now, I had a choice. Do I just put up with this? Do I go in every day and clock in? Put my head down and walk up and down these aisles and make up these orders, endless orders for these shops. Clock out and go home. Or do I thank God for this opportunity and go into every single day with openness in my heart to him and the joy of the Lord in my heart and my strength and walk up and down those aisles and sweep that floor to honor God in everything. Thankfully, I chose the latter and actually I started, I started to dream. That's what I'm hoping might happen in some of our hearts today. I started to dream and I prayed, God, would you give me the honor of sharing the gospel with everybody in this workplace, with the directors, with the office clerical staff and the warehouse workers, the drivers. Will you give me an opportunity to share with them? And I honestly went into that place every day intentionally looking for opportunities. And you know what? God started to give me opportunities and I started to speak to people about Jesus. And I was just enjoying this. There were some people who avoided me like the plague, but there were others who were just interested to hear what I had to say. And who is this fellow that walks up and down these aisles with a very different attitude to everybody else? I then met two Christians in the warehouse and we decided that we were going to set one day a week aside over lunchtime to pray and fast for the whole of Bird's Chemist. And we started to do that. And people heard about it. And some people started to bring us prayer requests. Actually, he said we box up and put them in. Other people laughed at us and mocked us. The warehouse supervisor, I remember we would pray in this wee room and always he would be driving past in the forklift and he would be looking up into the room, what on earth is going on in there? We prayed and prayed and prayed and crying Jesus was getting to the stage where he was ready to start and we were holding a, a mission in Carrick on a Friday night and we'd booked out the night ride center. It looked like a bit of a shopping mall and we filled it with seats and the place was packed out on that Friday night and I invited our supervisor to come and hear me preach and, and also to take photographs because that was his hobby. And at the end of the service, there were five or six people who responded to Jesus and got saved. And I asked them to come forward. I could not believe it because there's my supervisor walking to the front in floods of tears to give his life back to Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. And it got better. Sometimes when we see God move things, the devil can, and it can get not get better but this one got better because on the Monday morning I came into work and the supervisor was playing over the loudspeakers in the warehouse Hillsong's worship <laughs> anyway, ah, so good and he walked out and he had this Jesus t-shirt on I have no idea where he got it from but he had this Jesus t-shirt and I was going yes thank you God and actually he's, he's still doing well in his faith I was speaking to him a few months ago 
But I still had this dream to share the gospel with everyone. And it hadn't happened. And I was coming to the end of my time. I was ready to step into full-time work with Christ Jesus. And I prayed, God, I need to just stand that place of openness before you. Please give me the opportunity. And it was my penultimate day. And, God, I, and, and I got called into the office. And there were all of the directors, all of the management, the office and warehouse staff and the drivers. And they were there to give me a wee gift for going away. I just say, thank you, God. And I got to share with them sensitively the hope that I have and the reason why I was making the decision that I was. And I got to share the gospel with everybody in that place. And I say, thank you, God, because he is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the one who can break down those doors that we think are impossible in our families, in our workplaces, wherever it might be, if only we will adopt this posture before him of openness. I wonder what dreams might rise up in your hearts today as to what God can do through your life. What dreams are going to rise up? And because our scattered lives are fundamentally important, I want to give a bit of space now to let God speak and for us to take a bit of quietness, time of quietness, to read through Ephesians 3 slowly and ask ourselves, what does this mean for me tomorrow morning, this afternoon when I go home to that person who's not with me today? What does it mean for me on Thursday morning? And start to dream. Because I'm sure God will drop things into people's hearts. So Jonathan's going to join me on the stage now. And he's just going to give a little bit of musical padding as he feels led to. And I'd love you to close your eyes. And enter into this. Because I believe God will speak. And he'll speak to you as an individual. And he might put a dream in your heart like he did with me so many years ago because he's able. And if you're joining us online as well, please feel free to close your eyes and to open your heart, open your heart and your mind to God. Now to him. Almighty God, focus now in your mind and in your heart. What is it that this God who is able wants to do through you in your workplace, your school, or your marriage? Ask him. Have the courage and ask him. him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. Nothing is impossible to him. Can you open your heart and your mind to that truth and what it means in your context on a Wednesday morning or afternoon? Nothing 
is impossible. What does it mean to go into your environment every day with that posture of openness to this God who is able? Picture it. Whatever you may have pictured, whatever you may have asked for, God can do immeasurably more. He can repair the breach in your marriage. He can save your lost husband. He can bring back your wandering children to him. He can use you every day to preach and speak the gospel to those who are around you. But we need that openness. My friends, he's able to do immeasurably more because of the power at work in us. Please meditate upon this. That the power of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ is within you as a child of God. Right now, whether you can feel that or not, the Holy Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead is alive in your life right now. What does it mean to you to open yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit in your workplace and in your home? Picture it. What does it mean? Can you dream today, in spite of your circumstances, what God can do? Him be glory through Christ Jesus, through all generations. Amen. Amen. You just open your eyes, friends, and I. I hope you found that helpful. I see some heads nodding, and maybe through that, God might have dropped a picture of somebody into your mind, or a name of someone into your mind that quite possibly you need to speak to this week, or maybe there's a situation that came into your heart. And maybe God wants to use you in that situation. What we need to do is to keep ourselves in that posture of openness and responsiveness to him every day of our lives because he's able to do immeasurably more. There's nothing is impossible for him. What would it look like? What would it look like Please never underestimate the power of your witness, the power of the light that we were singing about earlier in your life. Before I I went to Bible college, I was working in a, I was developing sort of career in business management. And a guy always came into my office I worked closely with and talk about work obviously, but every now and again, the conversation would turn to God. We had some incredible conversations. That guy today is, is, is not just an MLA, but he's actually the minister of one of the major government departments in our land. You never know who you're shining a light in front of. You never know. Paul, when he watched Saul, when he watched the stoning of Stephen, it all looked grim. 
But often he referred when he shared his testimony about Stephen and the stoning of Stephen and the light that shone into his life through that. May we go into this week and every week, 24-7 disciples, not just on a Sunday morning, but all day, every day, to shine for him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask or imagine. Amen.